So Tyler, you texted me today and said you still down to record it too. I was at a seven-year-old's birthday party and I almost forgot that we were going to do this today, which is silly because I always have my weekends kind of scheduled out in my mind. I don't have it written down. But do you ever find yourself like I did today coming or going to this kid's party and thinking, oh, wow, I have like a whole afternoon. I don't have anything scheduled to do or, or plan. That seems really weird because that's not my normal life. And then when you texted me, I was like, oh, shit, that's right. I, I do have this big thing I'm supposed to be doing. Does that ever happen to you? Just like memory holes of things you had planned and you're or like just, excited to have the open time. Yeah, you're just like, wow, I'm surprised. I have this open time this afternoon that I don't normally have. And then you're like, and then you forget that there was something that you had thought about that, that you had scheduled that you just forgot about. Totally. I feel like my instinct when that happens is like something's wrong. I'm forgetting something. What's what am I missing? Yep. <laughs> like... Yes, exactly. There's a hole there. <laughs> this is too good to be true. I, I literally was like, I'm going to take a nap while my kid <laughs> while my kid's taking a nap. I'm like, I'm going to take a nap. It's going to be so great. And then you text me. I was like, oh, no, I can't take a nap. I forgot. I got to watch this episode. Unfortunately. <laughs> oh, oof. Shall we get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to This American Horror Story, an unofficial podcast about the FX hit show, American Horror Story, and its companion show, the anthology series American Horror Stories. I am your host, Tyler Moss, here with my co-host. Chris Husted. What's up, Tyler? What's up, everyone? Um, hot August nights. <laughs> what, what, what was that that we just watched? Ooh, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think there's any reason in teasing it or holding it. This is... Not great. Um, I, Chris and I had this... Uh, well, certainly. I think I, well, I watched this episode before Chris because this is the interesting thing about watching, you know, the FX on Hulu shows is we kind of watch them asynchronously versus watching right. at the same time right. uh, on Thursday nights for American Horror Story. Um, and, man, yeah, I think I texted you and I was like, oh, boy. Yeah. This this is a rough one. Uh, a lot to talk about. I, a lot of the feedback that uh, I saw come through on Facebook and over email from people was, I think this was a pretty universal feeling. So yeah. we will dig into Drive in just a second. Um, excited to hear your takes. Before we do that, a couple, a couple uh, things to spin through. First off, um, I want to say thank you again to everybody who has been so kind as to drop us some of these virtual quote-unquote coffees oh my lately. god it's as incredible a, yeah it's it's very generous and very kind as a way to kind of uh help foot our you know upcoming server costs uh so thank you again for that we really appreciate it um couldn't do this without y'all so if you're interested uh if anybody else is interested you know we have this url buymeacoffee.com slash capital t-a-h-s um you know coffees are five bucks you could buy a couple of them or just one whatever or you don't have to no big deal but if you're interested that's where you can throw a couple dollars our way to support us we really appreciate that uh but in the meantime there were a couple things i wanted to talk about related to last week's episode which was ara as everyone will remember and chris and i really liked that mm -hmm. one a um, couple things. First one was, have you seen the movie Last Night in Soho? No, I saw people talking about that. I have not. It's bookmarked on my HBO. Is it on HBO streaming? Or HBO Max? It's on HBO right now. Oh, it's on HBO yeah. Max right now. Right. I actually I rented it before it was on that, actually. It's Edgar Wright, for those who don't know. Was that, who is, yeah. was it A24? Maybe, production? maybe. Anyway. Yeah, maybe. It is on my list, Hopefully. but you loved it. I really liked it. I think I texted you about this over the summer. Yeah. Um, and... You know, it's Edgar Wright, who's the creative partner of Simon Pegg and stuff. But mm. this movie's more, it's, 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 I guess it's horror, it's suspense horror. Like, I don't know if you'd classify it as like the horror movie in the same way you'd classify a movie like Hereditary, but there's definitely like a suspense Is it note to it. And there's some, there's some weirdness to it. There's a little bit of time Ooh. travel, kind of a little bit of paranormal. Right. It's very cool. There's, uh, it was Steph on Facebook reached out to ask if we'd watched it, and it reminded me, it, it reminded me basically that there's some vibes from Last Night in Soho that kind of show up in Aura mm -hmm. of this kind of idea of people, you know, people from the past reaching out to talk about having been murdered or, you know, it, kind of this, this paranormal ghost 
uh, purgatory place. So anyway, great movie, and that's what came to mind. Also, the music in that movie is fantastic. Sweet. I think it's, yes, it's so good. I listen sometimes to the um, soundtrack on Spotify because it's so good. It's got a bunch of oldies on it. And Anya Taylor-Joy, yeah, I'm is a the, who fan. plays one of the main characters, she's amazing, uh, sings Downtown. Oh, Downtown, uh, everyone. Yeah. I love that song. <laughs> yeah, so good. So anyway, uh, that was that was a great reference and a smarter stuff to pick up on that. Um, another one I wanted to ask you about is Carrie on Facebook asked if you or I had seen the movie The Host. No, I haven't. Is that is that a Korean film? I'm not sure. I haven't seen it either. But Carrie was saying that for you know we talked about being freaked out by. I think I was the one who said like when I look on my ring camera or like it freaks me out, and then when I think of like you know those paranormal activity in those movies where like you see something creepy happen on like a on a, ca- a security camera a baby monitor or whatever that that freaks me mm-hmm. out and it sounds like this movie host is maybe it's not the host maybe it's just host um is very much in that genre and apparently streaming on amazon prime so i'm curious to check that one Ooh, out nice. i appreciate that recommendation as well thank you yeah and last thing i was going to throw out is that ashley on facebook noted that uh they thought hendrix mm-hmm. Mr. Hendrix looked like Riff Raff from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, I think my reference was uh, the creepy um, Uncanny Valley version of um, Christmas uh, uh, Christmas Carol that Jim yeah. Carrey did. But I thought Riff Raff was, was a pretty good one, too. So I like that. It's astounding. <laughs> I like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Nice. Before we get dive, dive into Drive... A um, couple things. Always, as always, we certainly appreciate y'all reaching out to us with your thoughts, theories, questions at thisamericanhorrorstory at gmail.com or on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash thisamericanhorrorstory. Um, and of course, rating us and reviewing us on whatever your favorite podcast platform is, wherever you listen to us. Chris, there was one thing you had in mind that you wanted to uh, yeah. ask the universe. Yeah. So, you know, it's been 10 years and our the way that Tyler and I, obviously, we live in different locations, so we record this remotely. The way we do it these days is uh, we actually, thanks to the pandemic or silver lining, Zoom has become a really awesome um, platform for us to have consistent audio and video so we can see each other and talk when we're having these conversations. Would people be interested in us throwing our Zoom recordings on YouTube uh, and like listening, watching the podcast that way? Where, I mean, it's not this amazing, engaging visual spectacle. But is that something that people would be interested in? You would see us in our offices and our drinks and just that's that would be it. But anyway, just floating it out there. Let us know if that's something that you'd want to see. We might if we do that, we'd have I mean, you're, Tyler's always like immaculately dressed. I'm in my that's not true. almost <laughs> pajamas right now. <laughs> but anyway, let us know. It's something that we could do. And, you know, I know I I I. I'm a huge YouTube person, so I'm always on YouTube. So if that's something that you would be interested in, let us know. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be that much extra effort for us to do that. So right. definitely uh, let us know on you know via email or Facebook or wherever. I appreciate that. Uh, Chris, before we dive into this week's episode, it is you know a very hot Sunday afternoon where I'm at here in the New England area. Uh, what are you drinking? Same here in the Midwest. I'm double fisting. I have a... Per usual, a little mini Coca Cola, and I also have a um, brewery that, or a, 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 a cider brewery. I don't know what they're called. Uh, cidery, cidery, maybe uh, called uh, Waves, and I have their pineapple cider uh, for this lovely Sunday afternoon. That sounds very refreshing. It's, you and your mini cokes are so funny. I love. I know. I just too much sugar. Anyway, uh, what did you? <laughs> what fair. You, what fair. You, There's a lot of sugar. <laughs> what you got, man? I'm drinking Rec League, which is from Harpoon Brewery here in New England. Uh, it is a what we call a session IPA, which just means it's low alcohol, so you can drink more of them and you can drink them in high. I love a good session. Woozy. Yep. So it's only four percent, um, but it's pretty solid. Perfect. And Twenty calories. So you know, good day drinker. <laughs> We're such dads. <laughs> I love it though. I'm happy. Hey, we. You know, we have alcoholic beverages today, and it's we do. You know, in the afternoon, so there's there's that happening for us. Here, here. Now, oh god, here we let's go. Let's go ahead and <laughs> let's go ahead and dig into drive. And I want to start off by saying we are recording this one on Sunday. Um, you know, already we kind of record American Horror Stories on the weekend after, just because everybody already is kind of watching them when they have time. It gives a couple more days for people to watch them, for mm-hmm. us to watch them sometimes when life happens. And 
I think that'll probably be happening a little bit more coming up too, because I know you and I, well, I've got some trips planned. You've got some unexpected stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? So, um, you know, we might not always be putting them out on the same day. So I appreciate y'all's patience with that. But I will say for this one, when we pushed to Sunday, part of that was, <laughs> I don't know. I was I don't know that I was in a huge rush to talk about Drive. Maybe I needed some time to, like, see if, like, over time it, like, improved like a fine wine. I don't know. I don't know that it did. It did not. I just watched it just now. Uh, and woof. I, I just, I don't know. You know, it, the first two episodes we've had this season were phenomenal. You know, just at, like batted it right out of the park. It was they were great episodes, and then we get this kind of, frankly, kind of a dead. Uh, and I, yeah. I want to be like kind about it because I love American Horror Story, and I love American Horror Stories. You do too. Uh, but this just didn't make hit the same mark as the previous two episodes. And Manny Cotto wrote wrote this one too, so I'm not, this oh, it felt unfinished yeah. or unedited. I'm not sure. I've got another yeah, there I think there's another to me clear okay. reason for it too. But I'll save on that. I mean, I think yeah, Manny Cotto, I mean, we we'll talk about kind of our sum up later, but I think he's probably batting 2 for 3 right now this season so far, yeah. you know, which yeah. is which is still pretty solid, but this episode had some fundamental issues. Um, there were some bright spots. I think we'll talk about those. Yeah. But I think it was far more dark spots than bright spots. Right. If someone pitched this concept of an episode to me, I think I would love it. I, it sounds like a great idea. I just don't think it's as polished as it could have been as the other episodes were. Strong idea, poorly executed, yep. perhaps unfinished. Yep. Yep. I think that's it's probably the summation, but we'll revisit that at the end. Uh, why don't you go ahead and draw us into the cold open? Sure. We're at a club with Marcy and her friend. There's some shitty music Piper. playing. Piper. <laughs> um, the <laughs> My first thought was like, this, this looks like a movie set. It does not pass the authentic looking like a club scene. It looks like a studio. Um, the dialogue is awful. Uh, and there's a lot of, um, you know, conversation between Piper and Marcy about like, you know, being out there and meeting dudes and, you know, which I guess happens. Um, and then there's a cute, they spot this cute guy, uh, across the bar who is really disgustingly like I effing them. And it's just, I don't, I don't, I've, I'm, I know I'm in my like thirties, but like. This, when I was in my 20s going to clubs, I don't know, this is, that didn't really happen that way. It was, it's, anyway. Uh, and the friend says, okay, you saw him first, you, you know, you can have him. Um, or Marcy calls him, and her friend's like, don't end up on the news. So that's our first hint that there's people disappearing from clubs. Um, and then they flirt. She says, they, they talk about being scared, and she's like, I like to be scared, sort of. And she says, I'd rather give than receive. It's just, I don't know. Like, who talks like this? Not people in their 20s. Um, then they're just grinding or, on. Or, or anyone. Or anyone, yeah. They're, so they're grinding on the dance floor. Oh, his name's Wyatt. Uh, then they have sex in, in her car, and he has this whole dialogue about how he, or a monologue about he how he thinks that she wants to date him and asks, she's going to do all these things. And she's like, actually, no, I just wanted one thing and I need you to get the F out of my car. So he gets out or so we think, and she starts driving home and there's a Jeep that starts tailing her on her way home. All these people are driving drunk from the club. I feel like that's not safe. <laughs> I was thinking that too. Yeah. Um, it's like, who's, why aren't you Ubering? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm assuming this is like LA, lifting. but, mm -hmm. um, Anyway, the Jeep starts tailgating her with and flashing headlights. Um, she thinks he just wants to pass by her, but he, you know, doesn't. And she speeds up. He start he she she hits the gas and tries to get away, and he ends up kind of bumping up on her again. And she pulls into this car wash parking lot, but he and he's looking around for her. Anyway, and then then we get the credits, where which were also not very good. <laughs> What did I miss anything? I don't know. Oh, um, it was not great. No, I mean no. I I think the word that came to mind for me with a lot of the dialogue, which mm -hmm. uh, you know was stilted, which is funny because then I was like, oh, who wrote this? And then to see that Manny yeah. Cotto wrote it, you were like, wow, the dialogue was so good in the first two in Ara and in um, the Dollhouse that I was like really surprised that this was coming from him. Um, you know, I felt like the lines seemed very cliche. I. 
you know what my best guess is is that like Manny Cotto just doesn't know what the scene really is like and so it was like Maybe. it's almost like he was writing the stereotypes is what I felt like you know what I mean yeah this you know the, their conversation on the club floor you already kind of talked to some of the lines are just like ugh. yeah and then Cringy. the way that and then the way that he the Wyatt starts talking in the car as soon as yeah you know they're they're done having sex and then even then like it's almost like they try to frame her as like you know, being like a sex positive yeah. woman was like a subversive thing these days, which is, I don't know. It's that not. It is. Like, that's you like know? normal. Or should be, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, right. And then, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I definitely was more concerned about her driving home drunk yeah. than <laughs> anything else at the beginning. I thought it was going to be like a, I know what you did last summer. She hit somebody, mm, like a sister. Yes. A sister, sister, um, you know, from season two, uh, Asylum. Um Sister, is it Sister Jude? Sister Jude. Yeah, when she, remember her background is that she hit somebody, I think, while drunk driving. Uh, I thought that's where we were going with this. But then, you know, we got that getting nailed by that Jeep in, in the back. And then, um, I don't know, that was kind of interesting. I was like reserving some room for something interesting to be happening there. Also, it seemed to me like when she pulled into the car wash to hide from the rammer, it, didn't the jeep then pull into the car wash but like yeah happen to see her yeah that was he was far behind i don't know it didn't make sense that he was able to track i was like don't oh, does he have a tracker on her car because she mm-hmm. pulled into a very specific place that was way out of sight and i it was i don't know right it didn't make sense uh we we should call out that the star of this episode was Bellathorn. Bellathorn. He played Marce, Marcy. Uh, I don't. I, I know that. I think you had told me that she's like a Disney personality mm-hmm. or Nickelodeon um, or Disney. One of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think in an uh, in an email we got, maybe Bryce had noted that he'd heard that she, I guess, has an OnlyFans. Yes. Um, yep. But it's free. I don't know anything about that. But mm-hmm. you know, she's she's got a public presence. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she, um, she's kind of, yeah, we talked about last time, I think she kind of has a sort of a party girl personality or social, socially or uh, uh, on like social media. She's kind of, that's her reputation, I think. Um, But she uh, also starred, she was, she was in the first episode of the MTV uh, short lived series Scream. Um, She was kind of the quote unquote Drew Barrymore of the first episode. (laughs) Um, which mm. I watched the first season. I didn't watch the second one because I didn't think that it was that great. But oh, yeah, anyway, she's she's pretty movie. famous. Yeah. She's a social media famous these days. Yeah, kind of like influencer famous, and um, it seems like. So obviously, you know, she was the star of this episode. We'll talk about Nico Greedham in a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, as kind of being the two biggest names, I guess, in this episode. The credits themselves, it was lots of dark rearview mirrors, some people being tied up. It didn't really seem continuously threaded together other than i guess the idea of like looking in your rearview mirror and seeing yeah like, it, as you're driving at night which i'll be honest it can be creepy i mean i've had moments where i've been driving on a oh, dark yeah. road or something like that and like I oh my like, god you know a car with really bright lights has been behind me for a while you know what i mean like it's it, there's there's things to plunder there for horror you know aspects 100 percent. and truly as soon as someone is behind me and it's nighttime and i'm driving wherever i'm at i'm like i, I i'm clocking how long they're behind me because i get i get kind of scared um, obviously when we talk about it later, but the biggest influence for this episode is the urban legend of someone flashing their lights. And they talk about it in the episode, uh, because someone's in the backseat of the car. Um, and also if you ever have seen the movie urban legends, it's phenomenal. I love it. It's a classic, like late nineties, uh, horror that came out of the screen era. And that's an awesome movie. Is this one featured in it? The, the the urban legend is featured in the opening scene. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. I don't know that I've ever seen that one. Oh my god! So it's starring. Um, I don't remember the name of the actress who's the the main person, but Rebecca Gayhart's in it. Um, Pacey from Dawson's Creek is in it. Uh, <laughs> there, there's oh Tara Reid is in it. Like it's a good movie. I really recommend it. Pacey isn't Pacey Joshua Jackson. Yes. Mm, also okay. Charlie from uh, Mighty Ducks. <laughs> Night. That's right. I love Mighty Ducks. I do too. Um, okay. So this was this episode was directed by and forgive me in advance because I'm going to butcher this name Yang Zam Brown. I want to mm-hmm. say, uh, who has directed a lot of like 
interestingly, like police procedural type stuff. NCIS, 911 Lone Star, so that must be the connection to Ryan Murphy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can kind of get where some of the like murder crime scene type vibe might have came from this um, or like a murder taking place. I feel like in, in shows like that, it's like you typically see the murder happen in like the pre, you know, the cold open before we hit credits. So right. if it, if it, it, in some ways this episode a little bit felt like one of those kind of shows, you know, or like it, what was it? CSI Miami where the guy would always have like those like one liners that were just so corny. Horatio. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I love it. I'm here for it. But but that at least was self-aware. I feel like the problem with this is it didn't feel self-aware. So it was like, it wasn't really funny, but it also was, I don't know. Um, but let's let's dive into the body of the episode. Back home with Chaz, Marcy seems to be relaying what happened. They're in like this really, really fancy modern house. I don't, I don't think we ever learned what they do no. for jobs or where that house came from. They mm-hmm. did not. There's no, it was not necessary for them to be this loaded and rich. It doesn't make sense. What twenty right. somethings half? I don't know. It, yeah. Anyway, the, who knows? Maybe it's it's from OnlyFans, but uh, <laughs> the, I did not make the connection immediately, and I don't think we're supposed to. It's supposed to take a couple minutes that yeah. Chaz is her husband, right. or even the, her partner, because I think obviously we just saw her having sex with a guy at the club in the car. So I think we're at this point we're thinking, oh, is it roommate a friend? Yeah. Oh, is it a roommate? Oh, is it a, like a, her brother or something like that? Yeah. But. Um, no, he's, we learn quickly that they're in an open marriage, um, and that, you know, I think we hear this a couple times throughout the episode, crime is way up in the area, specifically with people targeting nightclubs. Uh, he even recommends something about internet dating, uh, to which Marcy seems very dismissive, unclear exactly why. Um, maybe she, I think she just likes the club scene, we clearly can tell from later on. Um, then Chaz with like a white... Or like a wet washcloth wipes away some of her makeup that appears to be having covered up a scar on her face. And he says something like, you know, this is a part of who you are. You should keep it open. I was very unclear on what this scar was. And I I mentioned this to you before the episode. And I was like, am I just an idiot? Am I missing something very obvious? And you were like, I'm not clear either. To me, it was like, is this something like that she was abused in her past that this came from or whatever? And I didn't know. The, I mean, the only hint that we get is toward the end when she talks about it and says, imagine going through high school with this and, you know, I'm sorry, but like high school's tough on everyone. And she's, yes, she has, I don't know if it's a birthmark or something, but I, I, I don't think it was some, it wasn't obviously something recent. It's something that she had to deal with, with peer pressure or with her peers. And it, it, it obviously it's also her motive. <laughs> for becoming a serial killer which is absurd i it just this is why it doesn't make sense but um yes she has this scar that's down the side of like the side of her face on her chin and her jawline and goes down to her neck mm-hmm. right so yeah i thought i don't know i was like is it a, a burn scar or is it bruising or something like that um it's, you know birthmark it would make more sense by the time you arrive at the end of the episode potentially um but you know, they kind of could just, they don't really explain it. And that's, there's a number of things they don't really explain in this episode, but we start to dig in more into Chaz and Marcy's relationship. We realize they have a struggling marriage from a physical standpoint, which seems like, you know, her, you know, having this open marriage, is perhaps not the path to repairing it, but you know, I, I'm not going to judge people's kinks, right? You know, perhaps for some people it would work. It doesn't seem to be working for Chaz and Marcy, at least not yet. Yeah. I, you know, we learn they have an open marriage, and sure, that's a thing, and people make choices based off of the relationship, and it w- it's hard to determine, because I, I don't think we get enough, like, is this something that was supposed to help save their marriage, or is this something that they wanted to go into, like, willingly as a part of their relationship from, from the get-go? They're so young, it's hard, I don't know, <laughs> I, the entire time, I'm like, y'all shouldn't be married, like, you, why, they don't seem like a good couple. I, I like she's yeah. mean to him and he's like they just don't I, I do not get good chemistry with them at all no um and it also sounds like Chaz doesn't really pursue partners it sounds like mm-hmm. she's it's an open marriage but it's like a one-sided open marriage which seems just rife for you know yeah some kind of conflict um but you know they they go to bed and it's early in the morning when Marcy wakes up to a noise and of course our inclination here is to think that it has something to do with the jeep yep um 
there's a dog barking as well. Uh, she begins to walk around their huge house, goes down all the way to the wine cellar, um, which one thing in here, did, I don't know if this was supposed to be foreshadowing. There's a giant server down in the wine cellar that looks like something that like you would have at a business, like a business, like a tech startup where you are storing a bunch of data. Right. I thought that was a little odd. I, did you notice that? that I did. And I was like, oh, is this part of their like, yeah, like do they have this giant internet thing happening or are they um or is this part of like a giant security system they have in their house just because of the last episode i it and it didn't play i don't know it didn't play into it anything. does it doesn't it doesn't really get explained what she does is she finds the windows open and then i think Chaz kind of pops up and creeps her out yeah i think we end up learning that so basically in retrospect this scene was to like freak us out for no reason, right? Because obviously no one really came in the window or anything. It was just... Open. And it was also to throw us off. Yeah. I think there was supposed to be the twist that threw us off, right? Yeah. Um, and you already talked about it, that we find out that she's the serial killer. Also, uh, we know we learn later that the room off of the wine cellar is where they she keeps her victims. Yep. Right. So, it, like, in retrospect, we understand what that room is now, but it doesn't... back Like, wh- while we're watching it, at this point, what we know is... She's scared and she thinks that we're, we're worried for her safety still. Yeah. I mean, I think, I feel like if she's got a murder room in her basement, she probably like shouldn't leave the windows open down there. You know, it's keep it a little bit more covert, but you know, they've got a huge house, probably a huge property too. So maybe they don't expect people snooping the next day. Marcy and Piper seem to be hanging out at the pool. Um, and they're talking between the two of them about Marcy's open marriage and Piper's pretty, I guess, skeptical of, I guess, it, it working or, and I don't know. Marcy's like, you really think that he's bothered by it? And he seems like kind of surprised by this. Um, and we dive more into the whole kind of background crime story. People getting disappeared from clubs. Um, but, you know, at this point, certainly Marcy doesn't seem to really be taking it as a serious threat, which I don't understand, especially after what just happened to her. Well, we learn later why. But at this point, as like a, a viewer, you're like, why is she not more concerned about this, right? It's kind of frustrating. Yep. And this is when Piper talks about the urban legend. Do you want to, I mean, do you want to walk through the urban legend? You kind of yeah, I, breeze through it quickly. Yeah, so the urban legend that they share in this story is there's a woman driving home and a truck or something, or a van pulls up behind her while they're driving and flashes the lights. Um and it's because that there's someone in the back seat. She doesn't see the person in the back seat. Uh, ultimately, when she stops, the person in the back seat pops up and kills her, and then also decapitates her in this version and puts her in a uh, head on the um, on the front. Uh, the hood ornament. The hood ornament. Thank you. As a hood ornament, uh, and it looks like I think they. It looks like it's in the 70s or something like that. Isn't there another urban legend? And I'm trying to remember if American Horror Stories referenced this one or not, where it's like there was like a gang thing where if you flash your lights at somebody and they flash them back at you, that they chase you down and they kill turn, you. Yeah, they turn around their car and they chase you down and try to drive you off the road. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Again, also referenced in the phenomenal movie uh, Urban Legends. Or I think it's called Urban Legend. But I love that movie. It's so great. I, I mean, it sounds like everyone needs to add it to their list right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was, I didn't know at the time, I don't think, I don't know that I'd heard this urban legend before, so I didn't know that it was a real urban legend. Uh, But I I noticed, I saw that afterward when I was researching a little bit and obviously, you know, talking about. I, yeah, still to this day, like when I get in my car, you know, at nighttime, I look in the backseat. I always look in the backseat. I'll even if I, if I, you know, I'll just stick my hand back there and like even touch the, the, the the carpet in the back seat just to make sure that there's no one like hiding behind my seat. Yeah. It spooked well, me. <laughs> it's, it, it is kind of spooky. Um, yeah. I don't know if I'd be able, I mean, I have a very small car. I feel like so someone would have to be very <laughs> uncomfortable. Yeah. It'd have to be a very small person back there. Um, Marcy can t- seems to be committed to going to clubs no matter what, which is, as I said, very at this point, you're very confused as a viewer. Like, why are you not more scared? But Piper makes her promise not to not to do any guys in the car. And Marcy is very perceptive of that language and focuses in on the word, you know, I roll men, basically. So that way we, we jump to theoretically next night, some night soon in which Marcy's in the car with a woman. Mm-hmm. 
And Piper sees her at the window, and man, their relationship turns on a dime here, where yeah. Piper is so pissed, uh, calls her a sex addict, um, <laughs> and they're just like done with each other. It's it rid- seemed very abrupt. It's abrupt, it's ridiculous, and like what Piper says to her calls her like a freak or something. It, it just, this is not how, sorry, like, she calls her a disgusting freak. Like, who, no one does this. No one talks like that to another person. Unless they like, it, uh, like egregiously did something wrong, and this is not it's a, that. It's also a very like public parking lot. Like, there's a lot of spotlights yeah. and things. I it seems like yeah. right, and people walking around and stuff. It's just an odd place. Like, drive to a park or something. I don't know. <laughs> I yeah. But Marcy goes. Marcy goes back inside after this whole situation. Um, ends up seeing Chaz there, and then again is super pissed that he's there. Um, and I mean, in like following a, her, I think in like a baseball cap, looking like a dad, it, I just, well, this. was he trying to be undercover? I think that's kind of what yeah. they're insinuating. I, I put in my notes, like what WTF is this marriage? Yeah. <laughs> like, I wrote, I, I wrote, why are they married? This is so yeah, stupid. I had that too. Yeah. Yeah. She's such an asshole to him. Yeah. Um, so she gets pissed again, leaves again. And in the parking lot, she sees the Jeep that bumped her. Somehow she knows this is the Jeep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even though it was in her rearview mirror, and theoretically, if the flat like lights were on, I don't even know how she was able to identify the car barely. But she knows this is the Jeep that bumped her, um, and she, I think she even goes to inspect the front of it, and we can't see any damage because it's got a big old bumper on the front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is when we see that the driver's Nico Greedham. Uh, of course, he was in both last season of American Horror Story and in the Naughty List from last mm-hmm. season of American Horror Stories. So I think at this point, yeah, he's you know considered a American Horror Story regular to mm-hmm. a certain degree. Uh, and he seems very drunk, I think. So he's also going to drive home <laughs> drunk God. here. Uh, and she follows him to try to get his, his license number, which, <laughs> again, none of this makes sense in the end. Uh, like, why is she, yeah. I mean, like, I guess if she really thought that somebody was, like, trying to... she, I guess she could be a serial killer and also at the same time think someone's trying to kill her. So maybe she is trying to figure that out. <laughs> Hard to say. But he, like, suddenly veers off the road, in theory, because he can. He tells that... I don't know. Yeah, it didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, back at the house, Marcy's trying to look up the license plate, figure out who this dude is, when Chaz confronts her about the open marriage. Uh, you know, and then this is when she, I think she has the line that there's something inside of her that is always hungry and can't stop or something like that. And at this point, we think she's just talking about having sex with random people in the car. And we learn later that it's there's there's more to it, obviously. Um, I have to say, and I'll talk about this at the end, that, you know, Bella Thorne's acting was um, not uh, subpar, I think, overall. I might, I might dare to say that Chaz's acting's worse. I thought Chaz was real, real bad. I don't know, <laughs> like this, this whole like confrontation scene. Um, I it, I, it was hard for me to watch. Uh, it, meantime, she seems very disengaged and is too busy looking up Paul Theodore Walensky online than really even having a conversation with Chad, who is trying to find his, you know. I get, or like he says he's going to move out or something like that. He's going to get an apartment. It sounds like, you know, um, they need couples counseling or something instead of maybe an open marriage. I, I don't know. The open marriage is clearly not working to save their marriage. I just was never convinced that they actually love each other. Uh, this is, it just doesn't, I, you know, we didn't have any scenes of them being loving toward each other. It was always her dismissive of him and him being a creep. You know, I, it, I, you know, if, if we're going to have a, an episode about, you know, an anti-hero sort of where, you know, kind, kind of like um, um, Amer- American Psycho or, or Dexter. Yeah. Um, where it's, you know, the main character is actually this like psychopath. Um, you have to have kind of like qualities that make them entertaining or engaging or compelling. And we, I had nothing with Marcy and nothing with um, uh, Chaz. Or even interesting. Yeah, that was they the were problem. They, they weren't interesting. Yeah. They were like boring people that kill people. That's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah, she runs into so she tracks down Paul. He works at this place called Culinaria. I thought it was a restaurant at first. Seems like it's a high end kitchenware store. How um, is he affording to go to that club and that car when he works at, you know, a, a Bed Bath and Beyond? But do, nice. it seems like high, you know a, a step up from Bed Bath and yeah. Beyond. He sells you know he must sell a lot of cutlery. You know, yeah, uh, and they have like this weirdly sensual scene where he's showing her the knives and talking about like the weight of the blade or something. There's like uh, sexual tension, I guess kind of happening here. It was weird. I, I mean, he I, makes some jokes about how she can use it to kill her boyfriend or husband. Yeah. It, again, this is so forced. No one would ever talk like that. And not that everything has to be realistic, but all the conver- all the dialogue has been so forced and stilted and contrived and trying to be witty and funny and, when you get this much, it's just, it was too much. Well, my question here was, was, was he, was Paul supposed to seem creepy? I just feel like, I think Nico Greedham, I like him generally. I think he's like yeah. a charming guy Me and too. He, he can be funny too. And I feel like even if like he's, you know, if he's supposed to be creepy in this moment, he didn't seem it whatsoever. So I feel like it, it, we lost some tension here because at this point we're still thinking he's some kind of yeah. secretive psycho, but it's, he's, I don't know. He's more like everyone. Kind of a goof. Yeah, everyone's written to be sort of mysterious and like, oh, could they be a killer? And we're supposed to be worried about Marcy the entire time. But it, like, again, like I, I don't. I think it's kind of just how they're written to speak, and the acting like isn't great. But they also maybe did the best they could with what they had. And I'm, I'm really trying hard not to like dog anyone because i would hate it if someone came into my job and told me like <laughs> what my weakest things are but also as uh armchair f- uh fans of the show it just it, like there's no these are like the worst people ever i don't care about any of these people <laughs> right and so marcy follows paul home is like peeping in through his windows um sees his butt which kind of reminded me of 1984 where yeah. we saw a bunch of guys Butts it, yeah, it reminded me that we hadn't see, had any like quote unquote nudity uh, in American Horror Stories, so that, so we got a butt. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And then she goes into his house, and at this point, I'm like, "Why the hell are you going inside there? What are you looking for?" Yeah. Well, um, and so she grabs a knife, and then wait like, in his office. Yeah, there. That's what I was gonna say. Like, why would he have all these news articles of the missing people? Yeah, that doesn't make any like. Is Not, he just like really concerned about this, and so he's tracking it? Like. I feel like at least there should have been a spin where like he was trying to like investigate and find who was the real person. Yeah, I was like, oh, is he a cop? And we just like he's he's, uh, undercover, you know. But also, why would it be in his home office? Like, I, it, I, 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 so you know, he seems like he's going out to the club as well again, even though he seems very concerned about the murders. Like her, he's going back out to the clubs uh, after he showers. She's hiding. She thinks he leaves. He jumps out with a bat. And that's when she asks why he rammed her. And we have, you know, the twist on the uh, urban legend, I guess. You know, he says, I was trying to warn you. There was somebody in your back seat. Um, you know, we, we see Paul's point of view from where he's watching. And he can see the person's head popping up and down quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um at this point, I'm like, oh, wow, so what happened to the dude in the car? And this is before, you know, a couple yeah. seconds before we get the, the real story. Um, Marcy tells Paul that he didn't see what he thought he saw. Uh, and then we think that she's coming on to him for caring about her, which that, that at this point, at least, is kind of in character. Yes, yeah, you know, that makes um, sense. She's horny. And then I think, is she the one who says this is such a funny story about how we met or something? Like, that yeah. was another line that was like, Ugh. oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was, and then I right, right before the injection happened, I was like, "She's the killer, isn't she?" And then we see, <laughs> the, then we see, see her inject him in the neck. Uh, he starts choking her out because obviously he's he's freaking out. Um, then Chaz shows up to knock him out as well. So we learn that apparently Chaz has been tailing her since she was tailing Paul back at Culinaria, and also broke yeah. into the home. Even though Chaz had given up on her and was going to move into an apartment because their marriage had nothing left in it. These people. But he still cares enough to follow. <laughs> and that's when we learned that Marcy is the killer, if that hadn't become clear already. Back at home, you know, Marcy has recovered from being choked. 
and Chaz tells her at this point that he has already got an apartment in the city. So he is going to move out, but he's going to help her finish up one last time. There's an insinuation at some point, or maybe it's outright said that he like buries all the bodies mm-hmm. that she kills, which sounds like a really shitty Yeah, that's not a job. good relationship. And buries them in the wine cellar, which I was confused about because I don't think it's I, dirt floor unless it is. In which case, doesn't right. that room smell terrible? I yeah. don't know. These are all really good questions and just don't make sense when you see an episode. So they take us back down to the wine cellar and there's Paul in that secret room with a ball gag on. That reminded me a little bit of, uh, I think we referenced this way back in season one of American Horror Story. Um, like, of uh, Pulp Fiction. That's mm-hmm. what I think of whenever I see a ball gag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it turns out that Marcy had a victim in her back seat, is what we learned. And it was that, I think it was Wyatt, right? After he was an asshole, we see the flashback. Yep. And... Mm-hmm. And in this moment, she explains the whole, her whole plan and backstory to him, just like a Bond villain does, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, what her motives were for everything before they kill somebody. Um, we get this whole kind of monologue about ridding the world of entire, entitled assholes, which... She's one. Sorry. I mean, also, Paul didn't really seem like an asshole, but I guess he was... A he worked like, at, a like, a like, a kitchen shop. Who... Yeah. Also... When she said, like, her run, one reason to be on Earth, I was like, oh, is she an alien? Like, that could have been an interesting spin and might be too much. But no, she just was bullied in high school and wants to get rid of bullies who or who she perceives as bullies, even though people evolve and change. And maybe though, maybe um, Paul was bullied as a kid and he started working out to, you know, be more confident. I don't know. It's just it. This is awful. I mean, I guess we're supposed to think that maybe she's killing Paul because he was a loose end and saw that there was someone in her car, mm. even though, mm-hmm. I mean, it clearly, first of all, he clearly didn't call the police, which he totally should have done when he saw somebody in the back of the car when there's this epidemic of people getting killed from nightclubs. I know. So why would he jump straight to ramming somebody before um, calling the police? I guess the best explanation we can think of is that he was drunk. So this is what mm. he thought was the right mm-hmm. idea. Uh, but even then, you know, we're trying to explain some things away here. But then, of course, okay, so even if she is going to kill him because he's a loose end, not because he's a bad guy like some of these other guys, why does she torture him with that, th- like, Wolverine fingers she, in his leg? She sucks. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, and this is when she has, like, the big reveal to him where she wipes up the makeup to reveal her birthmark or whatever. And he's like, and okay, I don't care. Like, why are you killing me? <laughs> like, Yeah, you're still very pretty. So Yeah, I mean, she's beautiful. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and then she cuts his finger off it's just gruesome like the torture aspect it, it doesn't connect with her motive um and then you know Ch- chaz like is it her or chaz at this after this that like well first of all she sticks a machete a machete in his, in his head because she's like head, oh like, this isn't casually. right yeah very casually and that's supposed to be funny and i guess that was kind of funny to be like he's not getting tortured because we think she's gonna slit his throat but he and she's like, this isn't right. And we think he's going to get saved. But she just like essentially just drops the drops machete the onto his head. head. Then she goes back to talk to Chaz. And suddenly she decides that she still like loves Chaz and wants yeah. to give this. Yeah, does not make sense. She, she wants to start over and she wants them to murder people together. And here I put a little emoticon carrot and three into a little heart next to it. Because it seemed, you know, it was a truly romantic moment. Yeah, they're supposed to be like a Bonnie and Clyde you know, type thing. And it's just the furthest from that. And then together they decide to kill poor Piper, who all she wanted to do was keep her friend from getting murdered. Yeah. So the whole motivation about killing assholes doesn't make any sense. It's, yeah. It's this, this episode was a cluster. This episode was a cluster. The acting was a cluster. I think, uh, Bella Thorne and whichever actor plays, uh, Chaz, which, let me see if I have that in my notes here. Oh, Anthony De La Torre. Um, Not good. I would rather go back to Murder House for a fourth episode than watch this episode. Yeah. Let's go back to Rubber Girl. Yeah. Like, <laughs> where's Cindy Crawford's daughter when you need her, yeah. right? This, I would dare, I think I said this to you in a text, but I would dare to say... We were not. We we felt like oh, many episodes in the first season of American Horror Stories struggled. I think mm-hmm. we had a couple standouts. You know, Baal and mm-hmm. Farrell were ones that were like these. These were actually these are great. Good. Yeah. 
Um, but for the you know of those seven episodes in season one, the majority kind of struggled. Mm-hmm. And I would say, I would dare to say this was the worst episode of both both seasons so far. I agree. Uh, what? How are we gonna? What, what's our rating for for this? People in the back seat. Ooh, people in the back seat. Uh, yeah, let's do people in the back seat. All I was right. gonna say machete in the head, but that's that's not really representative <laughs> of the episode. I was gonna say maybe headlights, but that's kind of boring. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's like in the pitch room. Maybe they said, you know, let's do some, let's do a spin on the classic urban legend of someone in the back seat and flashing the lights to let them know. Um, also, like maybe it's just because I have like kids now or whatever, but. You know, like, what if it's just like your friend in the back seat? And they're like, oh my god, there's someone in your back seat. Well, yeah, it's my daughter. I don't know, <laughs> or my anyway. Um, they said, hey, let's do an episode based off the urban legend, but do a spin on it. And actually, the person in the front seat is the killer, not the back seat. And it's like, okay, that's kind of cool. Let's let's riff off that and develop an actual great story around that concept. And they just didn't get it there. Um, you know, I, I like the I like the twists and the spin. It was just not like you say, it wasn't executed well. Um, you know, there's a big, long standing line of great stories that are told where you find out that your protagonist is actually the bad guy and that can work and it's great. It did not work here. Um, dialogue was awful. Absolutely awful. Sorry. <laughs> I, it's like, you know, and we get this with some you know, Ryan Murphy production sometimes where people are just like zinger after zinger after zinger after zinger. And, and it's people aren't, there weren't even zingers and and there weren't even good zingers. Exactly. And that's the problem. They weren't even good ones. Like I remember on Glee, there were some great ones. Uh, and it was a little too much sometimes, but it's fine. And then again, like Ryan Murphy productions, like stream Queens, they're always doing all these zingers, but it worked because the actors were great and it at least was sprinkled throughout and not just, kind of forced and this just was just it was like we got to get an episode out really quickly let's just do this I, you know i hesitate to even say like it feels like a student production or something i don't know i just i'm sorry to i and i love and i respect all the artists that put this together but it just did not work for me so that being said i give this two people in the back seat that's Ooh. that's the lowest i think i've ever given anything that's pretty bad. Um, and I'm inclined to... Oof. <laughs> I mean, you know, look, I think you hit the nail on the head. It was like the concept was really strong. As a one-line concept, you pitch it to somebody, it sounds like a really interesting concept. Yep. But man, the execution flopped in every direction. The script was bad. The story structure was not good. The acting was horrendous. Um Nico Greedham is probably the closest I would get to saying, like, did a good job. And he had, I mean, he was working with a, a rough script and in a, in a role that didn't make sense. So, I mean, I guess Piper was fine. Yeah. Um, you but know, it was. She was really so ch- cruel. Like, in the ch- part. Ch- what the hell? Chaz, Chaz oh. and Marcy, like, really. Yeah, Bella Thorne and, and yeah. Anthony De La Torre were. The relationship did not make sense at all. Relationship didn't make sense, you know, why this is what's going to make them save their marriage didn't make sense. Like her, her motivations didn't feel real for why she does this. Um, mm. Why? And especially like it, the logical, there's logical inconsistency when they kill Piper and Paul. There was, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a flop left and right in that way. So I, I'm going to even go one step down and do 1.75. Oh, I feel like my we need, God. I just feel like we need to represent 1.75 people in the back of the car. Um, yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's, that's bad. It's a rough episode. So, that's a, a, a 3.75 for this episode out of 10. That's the lowest low we've ever given anything on American Horror Story. Yeah. Um, real quick. So, this episode is called Drive. And I, I assume, like, because you know, the urban legend, but I, you know, there's not even a foot, like, you know how there's like a play on different meanings of the word and what it actually means. Like drive could mean like, well, what's her drive for, for doing the thing she does. Drive does is a horrible title for this. (laughs) 
drive me crazy. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know. Ugh. It was it was a flop. Um, hopefully, we can recover next week because God, I hope this, so. after a really strong episode one and two, this was I feel like it fell off a cliff. We so. knew it was too good to be true. <laughs> Let's hope that this is the anomaly and that we'll get back to it. Yeah. Um, I hope so. Week. I mean, I really no offense intended intended for Bella Thorne or Anthony De La Torre. I I wish yeah. them the the most, but. Man, if they're brought back for the regular season of American Horror Story or additional American Horror Stories, please no. I, I I hope they're either offered better characters or you know there's some maybe they take some method acting classes and are inspired to pick up their game a little bit. I'm not quite sure, but yeah, this is one of those instances in which Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk took one of those shots on somebody who was kind of uh, had attention in pop culture and it really didn't work. Worse than any other instance of that in the past, I would say. Yeah, so. it's like kind of like stunt casting, you know. A little bit. This person has bit. buzz; they're popular with a certain age group. Let's put them in a show, and and it's not to say that can't work, but man, did it not work in this instance. Yeah, definitely mm-hmm. not. Sorry. Well, rough, rough week, folks. Uh, we apologize if you felt differently. Um, you know, tell if us you why. Feel, I would love to tell us. Yeah, please do yeah. tell us why. I, again, we I'd be curious to hear. Um, but I think, yeah, we struggle with this one a little bit. But, you know, we'll be back again next week. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I told I told Sarah, I was, I was like, oh, yeah, Tyler and I, you know, this episode kind of sucked. Uh, we'll probably only be able to talk like 20, 30 minutes about it. <laughs> but actually, when you're angry and disappointed, you can talk a lot. It's funny how that happens, right? <laughs> when you have a lot of criticism, it can be just as long as when you have a lot of praise. Yep. Um, Chris, where can people find you between now and next week? I'll be on Instagram and Twitter, at Chris Husted, Chris with a K. How about you, Tyler? I'll be on those same platforms uh, here and there, at TJMoss11. Um, thank you all so much for listening. As always, you can email us at thisamericanhorrorstory at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thisamericanhorrorstory. And rate us, review us on whatever your favorite podcast platform is. You can even go there and give us one star and write a whole essay about why Drive is the best episode of American Horror Stories yet. If that's how you feel, that's we'll how you it. feel. We'll read it. We'll read it. Anyway, until next week, folks, happy hauntings.